All right, everybody, welcome to our live stream. We are continuing live here with Curtis Shields. We're just gonna continue where we left off. We were talking about a, a passage from Divine Providence by Emmanuel Swedenborg. And I was gonna just send it right over to Curtis and get yeah. his thoughts. Yeah, well, it's classic Swedenborg to, to number out a bunch of points like that and then just say a bunch of really heavy stuff in a row. But what that's describing is touches on something we already talked about in this conversation, which is the universal accessibility of core spiritual reality. Because what that's saying is you are wearing the blueprint for heaven on you right now. Like your body is the, how heaven is organized. He talks about what in that translation was called the grand man. It's called grand human in other translations. Yes. And that is um, this truth where all of heaven so the greatest the, the ideal organization of human beings together in a community is heaven this is what god's providence is building and that is organized functionally in the same way a human body is organized so just like in the human body you have all these distinct organs and cells and tissues working together for the health of the whole so in heaven you have people who are different and they're differentiated into different communities where they're with people who are, they are similar to. But each of those communities is doing something that benefits the whole and, and receiving what it needs from the whole, just like everything in your body does that. And actually that there are communities that do the same function for the heavenly body that each of our pieces of our body do for us. So there are people who are like the lungs to heaven. So just like yeah. our lungs take in oxygen, there are people who take in learning and information because the, the lungs have to do with the intellect. So there are people who perform that function. There are people who are like the liver in heaven and that they're, they're about purification. He, in Swedenborg, when we talk about how he was so good at all this science stuff before, one of the things he was the very best at was human anatomy. Now, the understanding of anatomy we have, we have now far outpaces what he had in that era, but he knew enough to know that it wasn't just a general metaphor, but very specifically, every little process that goes on in your body is this little tiny picture of this, these grand spiritual things that happen at the biggest level. So he was saying, just like when you eat food and it gets digested and brought through all these complex systems to end up in different parts of the body, that's how it is for each of us through our lives, where divine providence is by all these ways that we don't understand, preparing us to be somewhere in heaven, to be somewhere where we fit the best in heaven and for us to be who we are and give our gifts to the whole and receive from the whole everything. And oh, when, yeah. yeah, so, and when it was, it was talking about excrements and that is if we, if we make our life about stuff that isn't heavenly, is the, so heaven is the sharing of love, the short version of it. So if we have a, a driving force that is something that's opposite to that. So we enjoy dominating or exploiting or harming people. That, that is what we want to do. That is incompatible with the body of heaven. So it moves right on out, just like things that don't work right. in our body move right on out. So he is there describing one, that all of heaven is organized like a body. Two, that each of us are brought through providence to our own special. You might be a future brain cell. Yeah, so it might be that that's 
that you're, you're in the, the sharing of ideas and that's what you love to do and connecting people together. And so you are in a community that corresponds to, to the brain cells. It could be that you love doing things and you like protecting. And so maybe you're in the arm because that has to do with power and truth. Wherever you are, there is a part of heaven that is doing what you're doing. And it's, it's, um, it corresponds to or relates to some part of what the human body is doing. And then third is that, so we've got all these people together arranged, not, not necessarily um, in shape. It's not like heaven is a huge continent that looks like it, but it's, it's functionally. So schematically yeah. it's organized like that. So you've got all these people organized like a body like that. And God is like the soul in the body. So just like we each have a soul that is directing. So our consciousness, according to Swedenborg, is spiritual. So I'm wanting to talk to you and I'm thinking about talking. So that's why my body is obliging with its vocal cords and everything. Heaven is a bunch of people who want God's will to happen. So at what God wants, they act out. So it's like God is the soul. We are all the body. So in that way, we're, we are even more each a little picture of the grandest reality. So that's what he's getting at with those seven points. Oh, I love the way you put that. And that's so true. And one of the things that a lot of um, our viewers often bring forward is, you know, they not not feeling useful, you know, which actually will bring us to my uh, what I want to share from divine love and wisdom. Oh. But, you know, so many people don't realize how important every one of us are. You know, they, they think that we have these inferior purposes or, you know, something is greater or lesser. And they and it's so important to realize these um, this great harmony of existence and how each part of it is so necessary for yes. all of it to function. That's why the body is such a great picture of that, because we do have it is this truth that we have this longing to feel useful. Yeah. And, and you and actually Swedenborg's description of, of reality honors that and says, of course you want to feel useful because that is the human destiny is to be useful. And you might think, oh, well, other people are better than me. The body is this proof that nothing is better than anything. You might think, well, the brain is the best part of the body because it does all the things. How's your brain going to do if you don't have a heart? And if you don't have oxygen, if you don't have a lung, <laughs> if you don't have lungs, how's your brain doing? How's your brain going to do if you don't have a skull? Yes. How's your brain going to do if you don't have hands? Because it's, it can think stuff, but it, and, and also if you have something that's not working in your body, like let's say my foot hurts, that doesn't matter that everything else is going well. You're not, you're not whole. You're not happy because that thing isn't working or, or if there's some other issue you have, that shows just how interdependent everything is. That's what it's like. And, and it, the idea of hierarchy or competition within the body, that would be insane. It's, yes. if, if, if it was the arms were saying, you know, we want more blood and resources than the legs and the legs are, no, whatever's best for the whole is what we're gonna do with yeah. them. Shift and change and every little cell does its thing and gets everything and, and, and gets this greater benefit that it could ever get on its own. The difference between an amoeba and a cell <laughs> in the person, right? So absolutely no, look to your look at your own body and it is showing you how God has a plan and in it everybody's equally valuable. Yes, every cell, everything. And you know, one thing that I thought of when you were saying that too was how 
um, you can see that, uh, I mean, you can look at just even archaeology and you look at the mummies of ancient Egypt and how many of the pharaohs died from a, you know, a, a gum uh, infection that went yeah. septic, you know, so how simple we don't realize. And so for anyone who's also experienced uh, like a blood infection, if, if you've known anybody, you know that they immediately start thinking incorrectly. You know, so simple disturbances affect uh, the thinking of this amazing organ that we share, you know? Yeah. And so those disturbances are, are such a big deal and we don't realize it. But, you know, speaking of that, in Divine Love and Wisdom by Emanuel Swedenborg, he talks about it this way. And I love this because so many, very few mystics really get into this, you know? And he says, there are three things in the Lord which are the Lord, divine love, divine wisdom, and divine use. <laughs> These three things are presented in sensible form outside the spiritual world's sun, divine love by means of warmth, divine wisdom by means of light, and divine use by means of their containing atmosphere. The reader may see above that warmth and light emanate from the spiritual world's sun, the warmth emanating from the Lord's divine love and the light from his divine wisdom. At this point, we need to state that the third emanation from that sun is atmosphere, the vessel of warmth and light and that this emanates from the divine aspect of the Lord, which is known as use. Anyone who is thinking with some enlightenment can see that love has as a goal and reaches towards use and brings forth use by means of wisdom. Really, what is love unless there is something that is loved? That something is use. And since use is what is loved and is brought forth by means of wisdom, it follows that use is the vessel of love and wisdom. We have already explained that these three, love, wisdom, and use, follow in a sequence determined by vertical levels, while the last level being the aggregate vessel and foundation of the antecedent levels, we can therefore now conclude that these three things, divine love, divine wisdom, and divine use are in the Lord and are the Lord in essence. What do you think? Yeah, so this, this is another way that you can see the truth about God just by looking around. Like before we're looking at our bodies and now you can just look out at the way that the sun works. So in that passage, he's describing what he calls the spiritual sun. He says in the spiritual world, there is a sun, but in, whereas in our world, he is a star that's you know a bunch of fission or fusion or something at its core there you're seeing the emanation of god as the sun and so he's talking about all these things that come out of god and you can see a parallel to this to help you understand it in our world so if you look at the way that we can get it to where it's a nice day where you can go and grow food outside <laughs> that takes three things it takes the light that's coming out of the sun, because if those photons weren't coming down and available for photosynthesis, you wouldn't be able to grow anything. And you also need the warmth that's coming out of the sun, because if it's, you can have as much light as you want, but if it's two degrees out, nothing can grow. But 
unless you have an atmosphere that like the atmosphere around the earth to accept that it's you you won't get the right levels of heat that you need because you can have mars i believe which has it's not that different in this position from the sun but it doesn't have this atmosphere and so it's way 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 too cold for you to ever yes so he's saying that love is like the warmth light is like wisdom and usefulness is like the atmosphere so that really love and wisdom are just sort of conceptual they're just think of light and heat beaming through space but they're not interacting with anything they're not really doing anything until they have their their thing that they can become manifest in and that is usefulness so if i'm a person who boy i really care about you and i really know a lot i really have a lot of information that could help you until i act on that who cares who cares if I, if I, if, if I have a daughter, for example, if I really love her and I know a lot about how to take care of a kid, if I don't go and help her, you know, wash her hair and get, get her food ready, doesn't matter. Like that is where the love actually comes into being. You know, if I spend time with her, learn what she needs to use the love and wisdom to do something, that's the drive in both of them. So God, actually that stuff, love wisdom and usefulness radiates out from god and the reason why any of us can love and the reason why any of us can be wise and the reason why any of us can do good things with those is because we're receiving those from the lord just like a plant in the ground receives the the warmth the light and the atmosphere catching those in order to produce something useful like edible food well, you know, one of the things I love what you just said there and how you put it with, with the way Swedenborg puts it. And one of the things that a Swedenborg also talks about is that is so similar to my own experiences that I try to convey to people that is often uh, something that is, I don't know, not as, I don't know, popular in today's world, you know, where it's all about uh, the self. And, you know, yeah. we're self-generating everything is the idea that love and wisdom is something that we have to receive from God. We want to believe that we can generate it or we are generating it in and of ourselves. And what Swedenborg talks about and says is that God himself is that love and wisdom. And if we do not receive it, we cannot generate it in and of ourselves he even speaks of it yeah. as to the angels he says that the angels cannot be that without god infusing it into them and it's this yeah. you know ironically the pride that we talked about that emmanuel swedenborg himself was trying to overcome and all of us have to overcome is recognizing that it is god who is these aspects. And even in that passage we read earlier from Divine Providence, he's talking about how um, that is what is infused and brought down. And that is what um, we, we can only be that if we receive it. Yeah, it is something that kind of hits you like cold water at first. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I, I, I'm, I'm here trying to feel good about myself. 
And now you're saying that it's already a struggle to feel good about who I am. And now you're saying that all my good stuff didn't come from me, but I am really high on this concept. I, I love it. At first, when I was first really encountering it, I, I, I wasn't sure what to think about it, but it is the ultimate example of that phrase from Jesus, the truth will set you free. Oh, yes. Oh, because, yes. And this is coming from, I, I struggled a ton with self-esteem when, especially when I had my, I had a lot of uh, anxiety and depression when I was, you know, 19, 20, I was struggling with that like crazy. And it was always this attack on my value and attack on my self-worth. When you have this concept that actually everything, even the things that you think, all the wisdom you have, all the love that you feel, that that actually comes from God, it makes you invincible to the, the negative critic in yourself. Because before, the, where, where the critic can thrive is this belief that there's all these different people and they all have a bit of their own value and whose value is greater or less, just like we were talking about before. But when you understand that nobody, you know, so who, who's better than you are? Nobody. And nobody's yep. better than anybody because all of us but without God would be completely inert. Exactly. Just like, just like a, bunch of, a bunch <laughs> of seeds in the soil of Mars, just sitting there, like completely inert. But it doesn't mean that plants aren't amazing and beautiful. And that doesn't mean that they aren't, that they don't have their own value. It's just about the process from which it comes. And this solves that problem of, of saying, well, there's all these different people in, in the grand human of heaven and who's really better than who god is good god is the one that had ability have any ability is divine that that is divinity itself we are given that by god and it's actually it's much cooler it's much better than i've got my my own little life that somehow i generated i don't know how i did it i but i did it <laughs> to, to instead somebody loves you that God is loving you and is giving you everything. We're not, we're not of consequence. The entire universe exists to try to get us into this state of heaven. We are the purpose of existence. It's not that we're not of consequence. And it's not that there's nothing to us. There are billions and billions of people and will be forever. And it's absolutely impossible for two people to ever be the same. Swedenborg says that angels actually shuddered at the idea of two people being the same, of just, of just suggesting that. So there's <laughs> enough complexity to it. We, we are very much something and we are, but we are also completely dependent. And that is exactly what a cell in the body is. Take a cell out of the body, go put it, in, put it on the, in a Petri dish. Like it, it will die. It can't do what it wants to do. And there's not shame in that, that because if, if you if you weren't dependent on the whole, you're, you're not really in a community. And the, the relationship that emerges, the, the mutuality, the closeness we have to God, seeing that we actually even get our life itself from God, that that is is deeply satisfying, awesome, that you will feel more love in that and more value and more self-worth. Then. Well, you know, it takes a lot of the pressure off too, because oh, people are always so, well, what am I called to do? What is my destiny? What is my purpose? And when you realize um, that it all comes and we are filled by it, whatever that yeah. may be, 
it takes so much pressure off because, oh, well, it will naturally come of itself if we surrender to what God infills into us. It, it simplifies the whole process. And, you know, the thing, too, I think in the modern world, people want to say, well, as long as I'm a good person, it doesn't matter if I believe in God or don't believe in God. And then what we find in Emanuel Swedenborg's writings, what we find in my own experiences and in the experiences of the mystics is that actually, in order to progress spiritually, it does matter because we are infilled by the spirit of God himself. And so there is this essential reality that we do have to grasp in order to progress spiritually. Yeah, there's a, there's a fundamental um, subconscious or conscious competition that you feel with everyone or antagonism that you feel with everyone or, or just a I'm superior to certain people that you can't escape if you don't have this idea that it's, it's actually God who is the, the source of everything good because you just, it just seems to be the truth that, that look, I'm, I'm better than you at this, or I've, I've, you've had a moral failing where I haven't had one. There, there is the, the, the starting point of true love for your neighbor is a belief that, um, is a belief that, look, I, in no way am I superior to you. I, and I, I just want your happiness. And this is the only, only way you can get there is this understanding of what, of what we really are. So you can, you can be pretty good. You, you can work on that, but you're, you're never going to really get moving unless we can move in this direction of understanding the, the reality of what it is to be human. And God knows that we want to feel good about who we are. And we, do, we want to feel good about who we are because that's the way that God made us. And angels, who are, according to Swedenborg, are, are people who have been fully regenerated. So it, it's like yes. you and I who have been fully regenerated. There's this fascinating paradox there where angels more and more understand that they are the Lord's, meaning that they belong to the Lord. And they more and more want to be led, not by themselves, but by the Lord. Yeah. And at the same time, they have a more exquisite sense of who they are and of themselves as an independent person than, than anybody else does. And this is something that, that God wants to continually give them is that they, it's sort of like, I, I heard this once this couple on, on one of our shows talking about in a marriage, you want to each give a hundred percent. You want, don't want to yes. say, I'll meet you 50, 50. It's we want to each give a hundred. I'm going to give everything to you and I'm going to give everything to you. So with angels and God, the angels say, listen, God, it is 100% about you. Like that's, that's all it's about. I just want to follow you. I, I, I completely love what you are and I want what you are to be in the world. Like you're everything, I'm nothing. And God is saying, it's all about you. I, I, I don't care about being happy for myself. I want you to be happy and I want you to feel like you're your own person. So it's like that. They're each given 100% and in there somehow, you end up with this, the most joyful state a consciousness can be in. Well, and you know, it's interesting because you just led me right into my next quote from Divine Love and Wisdom. Yeah. Emmanuel Swedenborg, of course, angels are in the Lord and the Lord is in them. And since angels are recipients, the Lord alone is heaven. Heaven is called 
God's dwelling and also God's throne. And so people do believe that God lives there the way a king lives in his kingdom. But God, the Lord that is, is in the sun above the heavens and is in the heavens by the agency of his presence in warmth and light. As we have shown in the two preceding sections, even though this is the way the Lord is in heaven, he is still there intrinsically um, for the distance between the sun and heaven is not a distance, but an appearance of distance. This being the case, the distance being only an appearance, it follows that the Lord himself is in heaven. He is in fact within the love and wisdom of heavens and angels. And since he is within the love and wisdom of all angels, with angels constituting heaven, he is in the whole heaven. The reason the Lord is not only in heaven, but is heaven itself, is that love and wisdom make an angel. And these two things belong to the Lord in angels. It follows from this that the Lord is heaven. Actually, angels are not angels because of anything that belongs to them. What belongs to them is exactly like what belongs to a person on earth. The reason this is what belongs to angels is that all angels were people on earth, <laughs> and this possession clings to them from the cradle. It is merely moved away, and to the extent that it is moved away, the angel accepts love and wisdom, or the Lord, into himself. Anyone who just raises his discernment a little can see that the Lord can dwell in angels only in what? is his in what belongs to him that is which is love and wisdom it is absolutely impossible for him to dwell in what belongs to angels or anything which might be evil this is why the lord is in them and they are angels to the extent that whatever is evil has been moved away the actual angelic part of heaven is divine love and divine wisdom. This divine is called angelic when it is in angels. We can see this, that angels are angels because of the Lord, not because of themselves. The same is therefore true of heaven. Yeah. So there's a million points to unpack in there. But I think one thing that excites me about this idea that it's it's the Lord in angels that make heaven. Yes. Is is that well you can see an illustration and then how that kind of opens up your heart. So an illustration, if you don't have if you don't have any particular or any ethical common ground with someone, it's very hard to hang out and have a good time. Like yes. For, if if I'm with somebody and what they want to watch on tv is something that i feel like I, I don't think people should watch this kind of thing and if what they want to talk about let's say they want to gossip about people or they're it's just very hard it's not that i'm saying i would say i'll oh, get away from here it's just hard it's hard to connect yes so god for god who is absolute love for everyone and it's pure wisdom to really connect with us god has to put that in us so that we can have this connection in there and i love the idea that angels who are people who have gone through this regeneration they have they they have their own ego that's that's in there but god is keeping it down and it they moves know it away from them that's why and that's that's why they're in that state because let's say that i got to be an angel let's yeah. say that i went through this process and i ended up 
being an angel. So I was really nice all the time. And I had all this sparkly spiritual wisdom. And I, I just was living this angelic life. And let's say that somebody who didn't have all that, you know, maybe had had sort of a rough life and they're, they're, they're looking at themselves and like, well, I'm nothing compared to you, to me in this hypothetical. Yeah. I want to be able to say, dude, I, I am, if God let go of my hand for a second, I, I would be all the way down. Like, yes. this, I'm not better than you. Nope. Look, this thing can be great, this state of heaven, but it doesn't mean that I'm better than you. It doesn't mean that you can't get here because it's God that, that, that can do that. So I, I think that that 